going to be sharing this morning on the subject of worship, the power of worship, the freedom of experience in worship. You know, I've had some times in my life when I've been leading in a band on a stage and there have been these high points of worship and some great stories I could tell you, but how many of you understand that? Worship isn't just what you do on a Sunday, but it's supposed to be who you are in the week, what you're becoming. You know, not just, sometimes we say we're going to move into a time of worship, don't we? Whereas actually, we should always be in a time of worship in one sense, but then occasionally we sing. And I want us to explore really about being devoted to the Lord. You see, to, today is a great day to, to be in God's presence, but tomorrow is also a great day to be in God's presence, amen? Mm-hmm. Today, tomorrow is also a day where you can really let your light shine, and God wants you to, to show up, and God wants you to experience the freedom that you have. But sometimes that we can actually get ourselves bound up mentally, spiritually, through not listening to what God said. God wants us to be free. God wants you to experience life in your soul, to be the best version of yourself, but not in the worldly sense, in the godly sense, being free to who he's called you to be. So I want to read a scripture with you today and I'll unpack this with you. And you'll see how this relates to worship. And it's Matthew 6, reading from verse 19. There's the words that come up behind me. These are the words of Jesus in his famous Sermon on the Mount. And he says these words, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So here we go, so I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into this incredible scripture today. So Lord, I thank you today that you're here. I pray today, speak by your word. Speak through this scripture. Speak to our hearts today, Lord, so that we can experience the freedom that you have for us as we look to become your worshippers. Amen. So, We've already said today that worship is about the heart, isn't it? It's about your inclinations towards God. There's times in the Bible where God says of his people, even Jesus quoted the scripture, when he says, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about how your mind, your thinking needs to be transformed so that you're not conformed to the ways of the world. I don't want to be conformed to the ways of the world. I want to be lifted up. Amen? Anyone with me? I don't want to be like down here in this kind of earthly existence. I mean, the, the earth is beautiful, but like the ways of the world are not so beautiful, right? I want heaven's ways. I want to be transformed. I don't want to be conformed. I want to be generous. I don't want to be tight. I don't want to be living for the next thing, the next car, the next house, or the next whatever. I want to be living for what God has called me to live for. And there's a great verse in First Timothy, chapter 6, 
Um, it won't come up behind me, I'll just read it out. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment, knowing who God is, living for God, and also being content with what you have as well. He goes on to say, if we have food and clothing, we'll be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. You see, it is possible that God could bless you in your life, bless your business. But remember, everything is God's. All the money that you have, everything you own, every person you know, God has the final say on those things, and it's, they're not yours, really. You're only borrowing things for a time. You're stewarding those things for a time. But if you desire to be rich, Paul said to Timothy, it could plunge you into a bad place. You see, being needy and being greedy are both bad places to be. Okay? So, first of all, Jesus is talking about greediness, the greediness of just hoarding and not really uh, seeing your, your desires, you know, not really living and seeing what you have is good enough, not having that contentment of heart, like Paul would say. And what can happen is, is because we are materialistic, because we live in a materialistic time, I mean, the fact that all of you are here, you're probably in the top, what, 20% of the world in terms of wealth. So we always think a rich person is someone else, but it's us compared to the rest of the world. You usually, anyone in this room will be above in the best 50%, if not the 10, top 10% or top 5%, if you compare yourself with the other 7 million people in the world. And we can live in a time where we're chasing more, chasing more, chasing more. And it never seems like enough. But what happens is you get into debt. Because God's given you everything that you need for life. But you get 10 pounds and you spend 20. And this isn't condemning anyone doing this. I'm just saying that it's a trap. It says in the Bible that the lender is, is slave. Sorry, the slave. Oh, what's the verse in Proverbs? <laughs> The borrower is slave to the lender. Write it down, you should have. The borrower is slave to the lender. So you can get into a place where you're not financially free. You're now you're in debt. Now you're in, and I've been in that place. You know, you're working hard to pay the bills and you're not sensible with your money before long, you got in a bad place. And personally, I got to a point where I said, God, I can't, I can't do this whole debt thing anymore. I need you to help. But I, I really prayed, I really repented actually of using, I said, God, I've been using your money the wrong way. I've not been, I've not been, you know, using it the right way, the way that you want me to. I'm sorry if I go back in time, I would, but please help me. And he said to me, I'm going to get, and he said to me in my, my mind, in my spirit, I'm going to get you out of debt. I'm going to give you this amount of money to get you out of debt. And you can then live free of that and carry on your life. And the next day I got a call saying you're getting amount of money the same that God had told me the night before. And it was not an inheritance, it was not a tax rebate, it was something completely or never expected. And it paid up all my debts, praise God. And now I don't live debt free. The first thing I did, I tithed. Next thing I did, I paid off my debts. Next thing I did, bless some people. Next thing I did, I bought myself a nice burger, praise God. <laughs> you see, when you have God, you have it all. That's what we don't realize. Jesus died for your sins. He rose from the dead. He poured his Holy Spirit out through his Holy Spirit. He lives within you. You've got eternal life. You're going upwards. And we go, oh, I like that car. I wish I had that car. 
It's stupid, isn't it? If you think about it, godliness with contentment is great gain. If you have God and you're content with the things that you have, even though it might not be so much, because remember, sometimes you're looking at other people of what they own, and really you're just looking at what they owe. And they're like, yeah, I've got this, but really they've got a massive mortgage, you've got a massive car payment. It's not so great for them, really, even though their Instagram gives that impression that, that it is. It says in the Bible that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money. Why? Because you use people if you love money. Why? Because you're never happy, you're never happy with the right now money. Money can be used for good as well. And if your mind is transformed, your eyes are transformed, then you can see it for what it is. And you can use it the right way and give God glory for that. And that is a true teller of what your heart is like. But like I said, there's, there's, there's times in the Bible where God confronts people for, their, for being rich and arrogant. It's possible to be rich and humble. It's not, it's not easy. Because remember, it's, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go into the kingdom of God. If you, got, if you got wealth and you got all right by yourself, you don't realise your need for God. Whereas people who live in need actually understand need and they need understand their need for God. That's why you go to a poorer country. People are often quicker to say yes to Jesus than people in a richer country because they don't understand need. And uh, often people who are um, poorer are often more generous because they do understand need. In the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks to the different churches around 90 AD, so after Jesus had risen from the dead, and he's appearing in this vision to John, and he says, tell this to this church, tell this to this church, and he says to the church in Laodicea, he says, for you say I am rich, I have prospered, and need nothing, not realising that you are wretched, pitiful, blind, and naked, right, so, so there's your physical state, you look great, you look the part, but Jesus actually says, you know what, You've forsaken your first love. You have not lived a generous life towards other people. You're not lived generously towards me. And because of that, you're actually blind, pitiful, naked, and poor. There's a great missionary called Heidi Baker. And if anyone's ever heard of her, she's got she's some great films about her. She's like the modern day Mother Teresa, I would say. She goes to places like Mozambique, some of the, the poorest people in the world. And she often talks about that verse in Revelation, chapter 3. And he says, it's like we live in the Western nations. It's like we live in a third world country spiritually. That's what, that's what she said. <clears throat> so if we rely on God, we're in a good place. After this verse in Matthew 6, Jesus goes on to talk about materialism. Then he talks about the flip side of, of money being your, your God. Remember, he said you can't have love money and God, right? So either God is your God or money is your God. For many people, money is their God. You know, paying the bills and all that, and that's just the end God. It's all they live for. Whereas for us, we live for something higher, don't we? Yes, we work hard. Yes, we, you know, all of that. But we live for something more. So Jesus goes on to talk about the flip side of money being your God. So materialism is one side, but the other side is living in need or living in anxiety of need. And in Matthew 6, um, reading on from verse 27, he says, And which of you, 
by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, or you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. People who don't know God, they seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I tell you what, if there's any words we need in today's world, it's those words. Not living for materialism, but not living in fear of lack. Because that's a bad place to be. So neediness and greediness, they're both bad places to be. We're called to live for the kingdom of God. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And so you can be going after money and this, that, and the other, like people do. But what about when you need to take a risk? What if God asks you to do something risky for him, for the good of others, and you think, I just don't know. I just don't know. What happens is you won't step out of faith because you're just focused on there's not going to be enough money, right? What about if God tells you to give to a charity, to a church, to sort your neighbour, and you feel like, I don't know, because I might not have enough at the end of the month. It's his money. You know, if you seek first the kingdom of God, if you put the kingdom of God first, the kingdom of God is God's dominion, it's God's way of doing things, his reality, heaven, is the kingdom of God, but we are called to make this the kingdom of God, and ultimately this world will become the kingdom of God. But right now, we live in an imperfect world, and we do our part to represent the world of God here. That's the kingdom of God. And if we seek the kingdom of God, if we put him first, he will provide, and he will show up. I remember, I, we're going to be in December, we're going to be doing a community meal here for the community and try and feed as many people as we can, you know, not, not treating people like a charity, but knowing that people are in need. And it's Christmas time, and we're going to, we're going to do that. And Norwich Healing here, I think for several years, have had times when we've had too many people come to these events. And they find that the people coming last get more food, and they have no idea how God does it. It's like the feeding of the 5,000 happening in that little kitchen back there. Okay, so God, God does miracles, you know. He's, there's always enough with him. There's always more than enough with him. If we seek his kingdom first to do things his way, then he'll show up. But if we try and make it on our own and just figure out by ourselves, then we might be disappointed. So, we need to prioritize our time serving God, winning the lost people who don't know Jesus, who are heading for an eternity without him. That is terrible. That is, I can't think of anything worse. I remember, I think we listened to something yesterday on Instagram, so it was really good. And this lady was talking about how she was at Disneyland, and this dad lost one of the children there. 
and she was helping to find this child. And there was, the dad had two children, obviously one was lost and one was just by his side. And she said on this, this video clip, said, imagine if that son, whilst the dad had lost the other son, said, I'd like some ice cream now, Dad. How angry would the father be with that child? Right? And the world is in a terrible state. The world is in an awful, like the things that happen in the world. You can watch a bit of TV and everything's great. The world is in a terrible state. And spiritually as well, people are in a terrible state. A lot of people in this country do not believe in God, have not received Jesus as their Lord. And if they carry on that way till the day they die, they will receive what God never wanted them to receive. Judgment on their sin. But Jesus has already paid the price. Jesus loved the world. He gave his own son. Anyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. That's the message that we live for. That he's alive. That he wants to save people. And yet we're just asking daddy for ice cream. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you are. But I'm saying let's get our priorities right. While the son is lost, while God's children are lost out there, let's not be thinking, is there going to be enough to pay for the bills? Or let's just try and figure out how I can get a better house or better whatever. You know, Don't store up treasures on earth. Store up treasures in heaven. You know what the greatest treasures you can have in heaven are when you go there? People. People. Let this be a reminder to you this week. Do not be anxious for anything. Bend everything by prayer and petition. Make your request known to God. And he will supply your needs. He will. Let's not, when we see our neighbor's car, our neighbor's dog, whatever it is, be jealous for anything. Remember that God gives us great contentment. And let's step out and do risky things for God if he calls us to do it. Amen? Amen. Even if it's you think, I don't know how we can pay for that. But God says, I want you to do this. We do it because God told us to do it. All right? And you'll be free. If you're a worshipper who loves God in this way with your life, you'll be free. And I don't want anyone in this room to ever have to go through that pain of being in debt and just going, oh God. And just feeling that, that weight and that pressure. And if you are struggling with that, we can help you. We can advise you with Christians Against Poverty. They're a great organisation. But anyone here as well, God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free of materialism. And God wants you to be free of anxiety over lack. God wants you to be free to seek the kingdom of God. And if you do, you'll find great freedom. And you'll add everything that you, you needed to your heart. So should we just stand as we just kind of respond to this word? I know it's been a heavy word at points, but I really feel as though God wants some people to be free. And if you in this message going, you know what? Yeah, I've been a little bit mentally preoccupied about material items. Or you've been mentally preoccupied on lack. God wants to set you free today. But it comes through repenting, it comes through changing your mind on these things. And so, just in, a, in your own way right now, if you want to close your eyes, you can.
water scans on blocking at each other. If you know that you've been a little bit backwards of some of these things, like we all tend to get at times, let this just be a time now where you just reset your heart before God. And just ask Him in your own way, in your own quiet way, just to give you the grace to get back on the proper track. That your eye would be that it is shining light upon you, and I could give you fresh vision, give you vision to know just what to do. With your life, with your time, with your resources. Maybe he's going to speak to you some, some of you now. He's going, to, he's going to ask you to do some things that he wants you to do for him. And of course, we can help you to hear God's voice with you. If you feel like God's saying something, we always test it with you. But God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you about what he's put in your hand. God said to Moses, what have I put in your hand? And that's what he asks us. What have I put in your hand? To steward the kingdom of God for the good of others.